0: excited this morning God is doing wonderful things and he's using us believe it or not whatever our shortcomings are whatever our inadequacies may be um, he's using us so before we begin this morning Let's open in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time together in your word. I thank you for your Holy Spirit guiding and directing us. I just pray right now, Father, that uh, as we go through this message this morning, that you would speak to our hearts, cause us to be changed into your image, and uh, refresh us, Father God, with your word today, Father. Give you all the praise, all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. (coughs) Amen. So, my question this morning is What is the most important part of our Christian walk? And there are many options. Is it serving? Is it faithfulness? Is it fruitfulness? Is it our love walk? Is it giving? Forgiveness? What about prayer? Is it faith? These are all important, but none of them is the most important. Because there's one thing that we absolutely cannot do without. It's the very source and foundation of our existence on this earth as believers and for those who are non-believers as well. And this one thing is greater than anything ever imagined or created, and it ties everything else together. It is the only thing with the power to create and sustain, to protect and promote To correct and to heal and to invoke change in us and the world around us. It is the key to a fulfilling relationship with God our Creator. This one thing is revealed to us in Luke chapter 10. Let's go there. We're going to cover a lot of scripture today. So get your pens ready. Luke chapter 10, start at verse 38. 38 to 42, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at Jesus' feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. How often do we see that? Somebody's running frantically, trying to get everything done, complaining that nobody will help. How many times do we catch ourselves complaining that nobody's helping us with all the busyness that we get ourselves into? But Jesus replies, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. What was Mary doing? She was sitting, quietly, listening. Mary was getting filled up on the Word of God. So the most important part of our Christian walk is the Word of God. We can't do anything outside of it. Why is God's Word so important in our lives? Number one, the Word of God is eternal. John 1 verse 1 to 2. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Mark 13 31 says, Heaven and earth will not pass away, or heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words will not pass away. Before there was a beginning, the word is. When time has ended, the word is. God's name is not I was, not I will be. His name is I am. Was represents something that has passed. Will be means it hasn't happened yet. But God created the past from the future, and yet he is beyond both of them. All of time is within his existence, and it's a wonderful mystery. You can't explain how the relationship between time and an eternal God, you just can't do it. The Word is eternal. Number two, the Word of God is powerful and effective. John 1, verse 3, Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. All of creation, the earth, the planets, the stars, the millions of galaxies that make up the universe, all created by the word of God. He didn't strive and struggle and, and search to find materials and spend millions and millions of years trying to design this thing we call the universe. And order it so perfectly. He spoke it. He spoke it. Matthew chapter 8, verse 8. The centurion comes to Jesus. His servant is ill, extremely ill. And he says, You can heal him. And Jesus says, Okay, I will. I'll come. And he says, "No, no, no, no." He says, "Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word, and he will be healed." Isaiah 55:11 says, "So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which it was sent." The Word of God is effective and powerful. There is nothing that compares to it. There is nothing that can stop it. Number three, the Word of God is alive. Back to John 1, verse 4. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. Hebrews 4, verse 12 says, The Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It cuts all the way through to where soul and spirit meet, to where joints and marrow come together. It judges the desires and thoughts of the heart. The Word of God can pull us apart and get to the root of every scenario, every problem, every thought, every attitude that we may have. The Word of God is what penetrates. The Word of God is what accurately Open so that anything that is contrary can be removed with minimal scarring. Right when we try to fix each other, it often doesn't go so well, does it? Right, we don't have that accuracy, we don't have that precision. We just see something wrong with our neighbor and say, Oh, I don't like this about you. Rip leaves big scars. The word of God is precise. It is alive. It brings healing. Number four, the word of God is supreme. Psalm 138, verse 2. I will worship towards your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and for your truth's sake. For you have magnified your word above your name. God holds so much weight on His Word that He has exalted it above His very self. His name is less than His Word in importance. There is nothing that can happen to His Word that will not infinitely change eternity. If His Word changes, everything as we know it would cease to exist. There is nothing higher than the word of God. Number five, God's word is light. Psalm 19:105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Proverbs nine ten the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. God's word is light. We walk, we live in a world that is full of darkness. And as you look around, you watch the news, you read all the headlines, it's getting darker and darker, it would seem. Except the Word of God is our light. We don't have to stumble around in darkness. We don't have to trip on the snares that the devil would put in our way. We don't have to smash our face against the wall when the door closes because God's Word is light for us. When we follow God's Word, we can have a clear picture of the next step. It's often said, God doesn't show you the whole path. If he showed us the whole path from the beginning, most of us would turn and run. But he takes us one step at a time. He says, here, this is where it's safe to walk. Go here. This is your next step. Go here. Well, what about what? It doesn't matter. Just go here. This is what I've shown you. This is where I will keep you. This is the light For your life, God's Word is light. Jesus is God's Word. Number six. John 1, verse 14 says, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. God's word is physical, if you would. It is manifest. We can touch it. We can embrace it. We can communicate with it. Philippians chapter 2. Start at verse 9 to 11. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus is God's Word incarnate. Made flesh, dwelt among us. God's Word came and empathized with us. God's Word knows what we're going through. God's Word has experienced what we're experiencing. God's word has overcome what we're facing in the flesh. So how do we put God's word into action in our lives? Number one, we need to consume it. Ron was talking about wholesale reading. Get it in, get it in, get it in, get it in. But then don't forget to chew. When you read it, meditate on it. Get it in your mind. Get it in your heart. Get the Word of God into your spirit so that when you need to have something coming out, you have the Word of God coming out. You, you know what you're made of when you're under pressure, right? When the opportunity comes. Develop a passion for the Word of God like a fire that cannot be quenched. Make it your lifeline, your staple, not just the drizzle on top of the dessert. The Word of God needs to be our number one priority. Joshua 1 verse 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shalt thy, thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. When? When? When I do things my own way, I succeed. Who's all failed at that one already? (laughs) No. When you get the Word into you, when it takes root in your spirit, when it changes you from the inside out, when it's all that you think about, when it consumes every part of you, that's when you will succeed in whatever you do. How often do you have to hear something before you begin to act on it? I don't know that number. But there's a point where all of a sudden it starts happening. They say that if you repeat something 21 times it becomes a habit. A habit is something that is superficial your body does it just muscle memory as it were but to get it into your spirit to get it deep inside the Lord tells Joshua to continuously keep repeating across his lips do not let it out of your mouth the only thing that should be coming out of your mouth is the word of God When you're facing a trial, the word of God is what's coming out of your mouth. When you're under attack, the word of God is what's coming out of your mouth. Keep it on your mind. Mull it over and over and over and over and over until obedience to that word becomes a habit and a lifestyle until it becomes automatic. That is the key to success. So what part of your life is not successful today? And this only you can answer, only I can answer for myself. Are you struggling with sin in your life? Get the Word of God into your heart. Psalm 119, verse 9 to 11. Let's go there. I'm going to go through a bunch of scriptures here, different scenarios. If you're taking notes, great. If you're not, start... This is your lifeline. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. Do not let me stray from what? Not your protection, not your favor, not your provision. Your commands. Keep me in the midst of what you have said. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. If you're struggling with an area of your life, get into the word. Any of it, all of it. The word will replace the desire to do wrong. Do you need to overcome temptation? 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has taken you except what is common to man. You're not alone. Everyone deals with the same stuff in one way or another. But God is faithful. He won't let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And he's already provided a way out. Live victoriously by the word of God. The righteous are bold as a lion, Proverbs 28 verse 1 says. Bold as a lion, I can overcome. Anything that comes against me, I'll stand. I'll face it head on. Because I am righteous. Not by my own standards, but through Christ. It's what he's done. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, Thanks be to God who always, not sometimes, always, leads us in triumphal procession in Christ, and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. See, God doesn't help us for our sake alone. He loves us. He wants what's best for us, but he helps us, he causes us to overcome so that he can be glorified. A little bit selfish, but that's okay. He's God. (laughs) He can be. He's the only one righteous, the only one worthy to be honored and glorified. We are the apple of his eye. If he can be glorified through us, that just gives him so much joy. How many of you parents, when you see your kids succeeding in something, Doesn't that give you joy? And he is glorified. Psalm 62, verse 6 says, The Lord is my rock and my salvation. My rock and my salvation. I overcome. What does the word say about your family? Isaiah fifty four thirteen says, My children are taught of the Lord. Great shall be the peace of my children. I don't have to fear for my children what kind of lifestyle they're going to follow after. Train up a child in the way he will go. When he's old, he won't depart from it. Ephesians 6, verse 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. Rather, bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We have a responsibility as parents to teach our kids the Word of God. To show them the Word of God. Too often we get to the point or... I've heard said, I'll put it that way, where it said, children, obey your parents. Honor your father and mother. Do what they say. That's very true. Not taken away from that. But right in those same verses, it says fathers, treat your kids right. Show them godly example." By the word of God, my children. Psalm 1, make this personal. My children, do not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Nor stand in the way of sinners. Nor sit in the seat of the scornful. But their delight is in the law of the Lord. And they meditate on that law. They keep it in their hearts. They're like trees planted by streams of water that yield fruit in season. They're not just sticks with a few leaves hanging off the side. they do not wither, they do not fade, for the Lord watches over them and all they do shall prosper. Speak that over your kids. Speak that over your family. That's God's word. For your unborn children, Malachi 3 verse 11 says, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and your vines will not cast their fruit before their time, says the Lord Almighty. Sorry. We've been down this road. We know this works. We have testimony. This works. I got three beautiful children because this works. Contrary to what The body wants to say, contrary to what the doctor says, contrary to what all the symptoms show, this works. Excuse me. I get emotional. I hope that's okay. How do you grow your business? How do you win friends and influence people? The Word of God is full of wisdom, full of instruction on how to conduct yourself. If you want friends, be friendly. Who wants to go hang out with a bunch of grumps? Not me. <laughs> Show yourself friendly. Tell the truth. Don't make up tall tales. Are you struggling financially? Philippians 4:19 says, "My God shall supply all your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus." His word promises. It also says stop robbing God. Pay what you owe when it's in your power to pay. Give and it'll be given to you. Be generous. For the generous man prospers. It's all in the word. Find it. Meditate on it. Chew it up. When you have a need and you go before God, he'll provide that need. We've had many times, many testimonies, where we've had a need and somebody has come through for us. God has come through for us through others. The one time there was even a toothpaste with a flip cap because our kids requested a flip-top toothpaste. God cares about the little things. He cares about what's in your heart. Where do you find your identity? Who are you? What makes you who you are? What makes you tick? Where do you get your value from? Psalm 139, verse 14 says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. I am made specifically by loving God. Galatians 4 4 says, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. We were lost, alone, hopeless, helpless, fatherless, friendless. And God adopted us. He said, I want that one. We weren't born into this privilege. We get born again into this privilege. But God chose us. He adopted us. He made me his son because he wanted to. I have value because he says I'm valuable. Wherefore, you are no more a servant, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All that God has is mine. That's his word. That doesn't make me look good. That's not bragging on what I can do. He said it. But it sure helps my confidence. Confidence. Where do you find salvation? You read through Psalms. The Lord is my rock and my salvation. How many times in the book of Psalms can you find the Lord is my salvation? There's 150 Psalms. I I haven't checked how many there are, but I would venture to say that it happens at least once in every Psalm. (laughs) Or close to. It's in there. The Lord is my rock. But God showed his love toward us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I didn't do it, he did. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Our salvation comes through our confession. God is my rock, God is my salvation. I believe in Jesus as my Savior. I believe that he sent his son. I believe that he paid the price for me. I believe. I speak it out. I confess it. What about your family? Salvation for your family. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. What about the government? Proverbs 21, verse 1 says, The king's heart is in the hands of the Lord, and he directs it as he wills. Solomon prayed to God. He says, Give me understanding to judge your people, that I may discern between good and bad, for who is able to judge so great a people? When you pray for your government, Father, I thank you that you give them wisdom, you give them understanding, you give them discerning between good and and evil that they can judge righteously. And this is just a few. Whatever you're facing, God's word has an answer for you. So meditate on it. Get it into your spirit. Chew it up. Be like a cow. Swallow it. Let it fester for a while and then bring it up and chew on it some more and then swallow it and then bring it up and chew on it some more but keep it going keep it going keep it going and then release it remember god's not moved by need he's moved by faith What is faith? What does faith look like? What does faith sound like? Hebrews 11.1 one says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, according to Romans 10.17. If you want to build your faith, get the word of God going in. So I would say that faith is believing and agreeing With the Word of God. Right? If your faith is not based on the Word of God, it is a fantasy, not faith. It's wishful thinking. Oh, sure, it'd be nice to have the 10,000 square foot house. Not going to happen. Sure, it would be nice to have a brand new truck. Not going to happen. I mean, if you got the cash to do it on your own, fine. But I don't believe that God's going to do it just because you say it sure would be nice. But when you line up what you're asking for with his word, things are going to happen. When the word of God has been firmly rooted in our hearts, it will come out when we're under pressure. It'll be the fruit that is displayed on our tree. When you go to prayer, what kind of prayers do you pray? Do you whine and complain about your circumstances? Nowhere are we told to complain about how bad things are. God doesn't wave his magic wand and fix things just because there's a need. It's not how it works. God says, Put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. When you go to prayer, recognize that God is a warrior and he shows up in his armor ready to engage with you. But there's a catch. He only recognizes the battle codes that he has initialized. He's moved to action. He commissions his angels, his warriors, to take action when he hears his people agreeing with his word. Psalm 103 verse 20 says, Bless the Lord, you his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. When we go to prayer We can say all kinds of needs. God, I need this. God, I need that. There's this situation there. There's that situation there. Pray for so-and-so. La-di-da-di-da. But when you say, Father, we pray for this person in the name of Jesus, your word says that by the stripes of Jesus we are healed. We claim that healing for them in Jesus' name. Not, oh, God, I wish you would just heal that person already. They've been sick for so long. That's wimpy prayer. we have opportunity to make a difference in this world we ignite change when we speak the word of god find the word of god get it into your heart everything we do is founded in what god has said and yet how many of us find ourselves trying to do all these things on our own strength our own wisdom our own resources even our own righteousness only to realize that we fall short in every category. God has never asked us to use all of ourselves to do his work. He's only ever asked us to give all of ourselves to him so that he can work through us. It's a life for a life trade. Ours for his. Total surrender for complete freedom. Brokenness for complete wholeness. Our weakness for his power. Our foolishness for his wisdom. Our lack for his sufficiency. And our sin for his righteousness. When we pray fervently in the name of Jesus, according to God's word, we have tremendous dynamic miracle working power available. When we move God... We move the world. God is moved by his word. Father, I thank you for this time in your word. I thank you for the truth, the infallibility of your word, that it will not return void, but it will accomplish everything that you have sent it to do. Father God, I pray that your word would permeate deep into our hearts, that we would meditate, that we would chew on it, that it would become the foremost part of our thinking, the foremost part of every response, having been rooted deep in our hearts. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.